0: Thanks, Sean. Wow. Thanks, Dave, for that. And I can go home now. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I'm full already. I mean, worship like that, an incredible word like that. I mean, you are getting stuffed like a Thanksgiving turkey today. (laughs) Are you ready? Now, who of you want to be blessed this morning? Come on, if your hand is not up, you need to put your hand up now. I want you all, all of you guys to stand up quickly. Yes, we're doing spiritual aerobics this morning. Now, can I activate you quickly, prophetically this morning? Are you ready for it? Okay, I want you to look around, find someone you don't know, maybe you know them. And I'm going to take you out of your box a bit this morning. We've got five minutes for this. So quickly, look around, find someone, go to them, say, hi, this, I'm so-and-so. Great. Bless them. Go back to your seats. Let's give God a nice hand. Okay, quickly. Quickly, look at me. How many of you were blessed just right now? Come on. How many of you, that was the first prophetic word you've given? Come on, let's be honest. One, two, three, four. A lot of us. God has called us to be prophetic. We don't have to wait for a prophetic minister or the pastor who's prophetic. God has made you prophetic to speak into lives of people, to speak into situations and be a blessing. we oh, are we going to do more of that? Not today, but later. I want you to step out of your boat and start being more prophetic. There's such a prophetic culture in this church. I love that. I just love that. How God can bless us. Now, This morning I really feel that, thank you Dave for that, Now, I don't know, you would see that I haven't spoken to Dave before this morning, I haven't, I haven't spoken to Sean about the worship, I love how God just brings us in sync, I really feel I've got a word for 2019 this morning and and it's still something I'm chewing on it's some something i 'm chewing on so so i 'm going to stuff you a bit like a thanksgiving turkey this morning it 's probably three sermons in in this one sermon, but I want you to make notes as you can, write it down, and go and chew with me on this okay so before I want to dive into the prophetic word, I want to give you a bit of a scenario and a bit of truth because truth brings. Freedom. But it just did it it does it doesn't just bring freedom, it frees our minds to see the revelation more clearer. So let me jump in. You know, I was looking, I was praying and I was looking at I said, Lord, wow, we're at the verge of a new year. I love the, the beginning of new things and I was looking at the culture around me and I was looking at I I have to repent, I I recently started Instagramming, (laughs) and it got hold of me a bit. My wife's laughing, and it's like, man, I need to teach you to Instagram. Thank you, honey. I'm trying. But I was looking at the culture around us, and as I was looking at the culture of us and of our generation that's following, generation that's ahead of me, one thing shocked me. I realized that we are in the midst of a battle as a generation. Maybe you feel that the the battle is is a political battle. Maybe it's a financial battle. Maybe it's a relational battle. Maybe it's a battle for your purity. But I want to tell you, we're in the midst of a battle for our worship. We're in the midst of a battle for our worship. You see, Adam and Eve, when they sinned, they never stopped worshiping. They only redirected their worship towards something that's wrong. Where's your worship? You see, we never stop worshipping. Because our life is a worship. That's part of your DNA. That's who God made you. You are a worshipper. What are you worshipping? Is it social media? Is it series? Is it television? Is it your golf? Is it food? I can go on. I have to be very honest asking this question to myself. You see, the enemy's agenda has always been to steal our identity and our destinies by shifting our focus and our worship towards things that's not from God. Always. And when the enemy gets us to that place, come on, we we'll all have been there. We we'll all have been at that place like, oh, Lord, i sinned. Ew. But see, when the enemy gets us to that place, he throws us into a place of guilt. And when he gets us into that place of guilt, it makes us inadequate and unqualified to worship the king with a pure heart. He doesn't unqualify us, our guilt does. And I believe that there's a time that we're going to step out of that place of guilt. Step out of that place of inadequacy and I pray that today that you catch what I'm saying not what, me, what I'm saying what, what the Lord is busy opening up so you'll never be in a place where guilt holds you down that you'll not, not be adequate enough to worship the king to make your life a worship to him you see when the enemy gets us to that place we always have a choice you've got a choice and a choice is how we react to life, how we react to that. How's your reaction to that moment? We always have a choice. Now I was praying one morning, a, couple, a week or so ago, and I, I said, Lord, what is your word for 2019? What do, you want us, what do you want to tell me, Lord, not just me, but the people in my life touch and that I'm friends with, What do you want to tell us for for the church and for for Stellenbosch? And I mean, I was praying through all these things, and the Lord said one thing. He said, Henny, are you going to focus on your problems or your promises? Are you going to focus on your problems or your promises? (laughs) You see, sometimes our problems become so big and so weighty that it just pushes us down emotionally. That you feel empty and said, Lord, this has been a tough year. I feel so empty. I feel so alone. I feel so, Lord, do you still love me? I feel so inadequate. And the Lord took me to the scripture, and I want to use this as a foundational scripture this morning. And I'm going to take three points out of it. And if you're making notes, write three words. It says power, promise, and response. Three things power, promise, and response. Did you get it? Power, promise, and response. Let's go to the word in 2 Peter 1. If you have your Bibles here, open it with us. I'm reading this two. The first two scriptures I'm, I want to read out of the Passion Translation. I just love the Passion Translation. It just opens the word so much more, and it describes it so much more. But Whatever translation you have here this morning, I have the the Passion Translation up there, and you can follow with me. Here we go. Are you ready? Verse 3, I'm going to start now. I'm going to read from verse 3 to 5, and then I'm going to dive into it. It says, Everything we could ever need for life and godliness has already been deposited in us by His divine power. For For all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing Him, who has called us by name and invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness. As a result of this, he has given us magnificent promises that are beyond all price, so that through the power of these tremendous promises, you can experience the partnership with the divine nature by which we have escaped the corrupt desires that is of the world. Verse five, in view of all this, this is the New Living Translation, just the last verse, it says, make every effort to respond to God's promises. (laughs) There's probably four sermons in this. There's too much to preach, one sermon on it. But I'm going to try to to take three things. I'm going to build it around, I really believe a word that God gave me on this. Now, if you look at verse 3 again, just go back to verse 3, the first one. Everything we could ever need for life and godliness. Think about it. If I can tell you, Choose everything you need right now for life and for godliness. If you can choose anything you want in your relationship with God, what would you choose? To pray for a sick person and get healed. To be more prophetic. To have more faith. To understand the word, be a teacher. But let's not look at the spiritual side of it. Let's look at life. In your life right now, if you can choose anything that would complete your life, what would you choose? A new car? A house paid? Debt free? Come on. Anything you can choose. Now look what the scripture says again. For everything we could ever need for life and godliness has already been deposited. Where? In us. (laughs) Hello. Man, that just blew me away. I've read the scripture so many times. Everything I need, every issue I go through, I already has it to settle that issue. I've already got the deposit in my soul, in my heart, in my thinking. I love giving gifts. How many of you love giving gifts? we've just done Christmas and I'm one of my love languages is gifts and and I just love it I think it's Jesus's love language as well just giving like like Dave just said but can I be honest with you this morning Jesus didn't come to earth to give us a present he came to earth to reveal the present in you Yes, he gave us a lot of things, but the, the main thing Jesus came to earth and was to reveal something in your life that he knew was there till the day, from the day you were born. You were worshiping Satan or whatever you were doing. There's a DNA in your life, something that's been deposited in your life, a hidden treasure that you haven't found. I shared with Gary the other day uh, uh, illustration. Man, I love this. Um, we were in Poch a couple of weeks ago, and I sat with one of our elders, phenomenal man of God. Um, he's actually an archaeologist by trade. But I, I can't understand. I, I, I'm trying to figure out, is he a better Bible teacher than archaeologist? Because he's a phenomenal teacher of the Word. And he sat with me and he said, Henny, I want to tell you, when I finished my degree in the early 80s as an archaeologist, I was government employed, and they, they, they sent me to a farm in between all days and Messina. I don't know if you know, it's actually a place like that. It's like, and it's this beautiful country and he was so excited, he was a young guy, he was traveling and he was doing his first job. And they sent him to, to the farm and all days, because there was a rich, um, they, they think there was a rich, um, um, uh, what do you call it, a deposit of bronze and copper. They, th- they, they had a the hunch. They sent him there and said, do mapping of the area, and take a couple of samples, and um, we'll, we'll bring you back a couple, a couple of months. So, so he went there with the land, I mean, four by four, he loves it. Young man, so he, he did some mapping during the day, As doing game driving, mapping, game driving, you know, there's a big pond there, big dam, it was fishing, I mean, young men, come on, fishing catching his supper every night. I mean, he was living the life. He was enjoying his work. He's getting paid to do game drive, do some mapping. I mean, it's amazing. He loved it. And he said a couple of years after that, he read in the news that the Beers and Angler Gold founded the richest diamond deposit on that farm, one today called Venetia. Have you ever heard about the Venetia diamonds? of the bears (laughs) Henny, he said Henny, I could have slapped myself I was sitting as a young archaeologist sitting on the richest diamond deposit in the world today and I was mapping for bronze and copper you see, while I was looking, I was so excited about my new job, about stuff and the things. Woohoo! I'm catching fish. I'm, I'm looking at game. I'm, I'm, I'm doing all the awesome stuff, doing some samples. Uh, it's amazing. And in all of that, I was sitting above a treasure that I didn't know about. I want to declare this morning that people, no matter where you are working, where you're staying, you are sitting on a rich deposit of God's goodness, of God's greatness. You have no idea. You think you're sitting in one church here? There's thousands of churches in a vision of this leadership, not just them, with you. You see, it's got nothing to do with what's happening behind this pulpit, but it's got everything to do what's happening in front of this pulpit. What has God deposited in your life? What treasure are you carrying that the people don't know about? There's some of you sitting here with the voice of an angel, but you're too scared to come up here and sing. There's some of you with, with a revelational truth in your heart about the Word, but you're too scared to speak. God is busy opening that. There's something in your life that God is busy doing. Are you going to jump on the train? You see, some days we are so busy with the stuff in our lives that we miss God right next to us. And his righteous stuff. And when Stephen was doing his job, he was loving it, he was was righteous, he did what he had to do, but he didn't realize that he was sitting on a treasure. Think about what you do every day, your job, you love people, you do things, but what are you really sitting on? What is really deposited in your heart? I mean, I, I want to start jumping when I think that there's some stuff that I haven't even grasped the surface of what God wants to do in my life, in your life, in my children's lives. It is amazing to know what God is about to do. You see, are we looking at our problems? Are we looking at the promises? Write that down for 2019. Am I going to look at my problems or i am going to look at my promises? I love the scripture in, in Exodus 3, verse 1 to 4. You can show there. Moses, we all know the story of Moses. He was in Egypt. He killed a man. He fled for 40 years. He was tending sheep in the desert. And it said the one thing. It says one day Moses was tending flock was tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. We all know the story. But look at this. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, he didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself have you ever been there this is amazing why isn't this bush burning up i must go and see it now look at this i want you to see this when the lord saw moses coming to take a closer look god called him out of the bush have you seen that before you see, we feel that, oh, Moses was walk, walking in the desert, there's a bush burning, and God said, Moses, come over here, buddy. <laughs> no, man. You see, Moses was doing what he's doing, was supposed to do every day, tending sheep. His authority was the sheep, and he saw something that he's never seen before. Never seen before. And it wasn't just anything, it was a fire. No, for sheep... I mean, who of you are farmers? over here? come on. If you're a farmer and you see fire, what do you do? You, you it's like, where's the people? Come, let's, let's just go put out that fire. I mean, if this fire goes, if the wind start blowing, we are in trouble. I mean, he was, he's, he had to care for the sheep. So for me, my 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 natural instinct was like, okay, come sheep, come come, let's go away from the fire, away. It sounds like hurting our children. It's like we're away from the dangerous place. (laughs) So what did Moses do? Man, this is amazing. I want to go and see. Just guess what the sheep did. What is sheep trained to do? Follow the shepherd. (laughs) So he was looking into the presence of God. God had a defining moment with him. Sheep next to him. Never thought about it like that. Who are you going to lead into God's presence this year, next year? Who are you going to pull closer into a defining moment with the Father next year? You see, we're so engulfed. We're so mesmerized by our life, our jobs, which is amazing, and it's honest, and it's righteous. But come on. I am, Next year, I want to run into a defining moment. I want to run into an encounter with the Father. Pulling people with me. But I wish I could tell, I wish I could speak to you a bit more about intentionality this morning. Maybe next year. But see, God created us to be intentional beings to pull people closer to Him. To pull people closer to Him. But see, if coming to church is just about you, great for you. You're gonna miss out. You're gonna be blessed, but you're gonna miss out on the true riches. I want to run, run ahead of myself. <laughs> you see, when Christians go through life, they focus on survival, getting the job done every day. We are going to miss God's presence and His power and the encounter with Him. I really believe that 2019 will be a year where we will see more of the manifest power of God. I, I am certain of it. Maybe it's just my longing for it. <laughs> I want to see people walking in joy, laughing. People will come and say, like, why are you laughing? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just enjoying God. I've got such a longing for more of Him. And I don't want to miss it. I want to do what God has called me and supposed to do, but I don't want to miss it in while I'm getting there. God has given us a power within us, a treasure that is hidden in you. Have you found it yet? Every one of us, we, are, we have such a creative God. It can't just be the pastors and worship leaders up here that's gifted. It can't be. Every one of you sitting here today is gifted in a unique way that God wants to use you in your home, in your family, in your neighborhood, in your job. In the school, wherever you go, while doing grocery shopping, while pulling, while getting money from the ATM, wherever you go, God want to use your gift. There's a treasure hidden inside you. Have you found it yet? <laughs> are you focusing on your problems or are you looking at your promise? Let's go to verse 4, 2 Peter 1. We just saw verse 3. Let's go to verse 3 again. I want to read it again. There, uh, one more. There. Everything we could ever need for life and godliness has already been deposited in us by His divine power. Man. For all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing Him, this intimacy with the Lord who has called us by, the, by name and invited us to come with Him through a glorious manifestation of His goodness. We serve a good God. Next verse. Now here we get, get to the, the sweet part. As a result of that, He has given, did we have to work for it? Nope. He has given you magnificent promises that are beyond all price so that through the power of these tremendous promises you can experience partnership in the divine nature of God. Woo, that's a mouthful. We are created to be in partnership with the living God who created everything around you. So why do you think of you yourself less than you should? Man, I'm a son of God. Do I have mistakes? Oh, yes. Do God still love me? Yes, his son paid for it. I just walk in a, in a place where I know that God's grace surrounds me. And the first thing in my life is I repent and I move on. Man, now we're going to get to verse five later. I'm first want to dive into this. See, we can get stuck in our problems, but when we realize the power of the promise, we will never choose to str- struggle to choose. You can get stuck in your problems; it's very easy. And I know that there's people sitting here this morning with real problems, real issues, real challenges. Real places of faith. we the only place you can look is to the Lord. I said, Lord. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Do you know what the definition of the word promise is? It says, it is a declaration or an assurance that one will do something or that a particular thing will happen. There's an assurance. If I go to someone today and I say to him, Listen, my friend, I've got this specific thing that I needed to do. I can't get there. Will you please help me to do it? Because we are human, there's never 100% surety that people will not disappoint you. (laughs) I love the story about when the slave trade was still running in, in the U.S., there was this particular this, I don't want to go into the detail of the story, but was a particular slave that went to his master. Think about it. And he said to his master, Give me an opportunity to buy myself from you. Think about it. We all live as free men and women. But there was a day where people were enslaved. He went to his master and says, Can we make a contract? Where I can have a contract with you to buy myself back from you. And in the contract, it states that I can find any job that I can find it if I can find a job. His master signed the bull. And the only job he could find was about 100 miles away. And with a written agreement, he went and started working, buying himself and his wages back. On a monthly basis, about four months before he finished the contract and bought himself, four months, the slave trade was abolished, or demolished, or demolished in America. And one day he was walking back to his master, and he was running into one of his friends. And said, "Where are you going? You free man?" He said, "I'm I'm on my way to pay my debt." And he said, "Are you Are you mad?" The slave trade is gone. That man is not your master anymore. They looked at him and he said, a man is only free when he stays true to his promise. <laughs> and guess what he did? He just didn't pay his master, he paid him with interest. Now if a man can do this, that was beaten, enslaved, how much more our God? Come on. See, we need to sometimes I need to slap myself to wake up when I read these things. I'm serious. See, what about God? The word says God is not a man that he should lie. <laughs> whenever, whenever God speaks, it is truth. It is a promise already. God just, he, he, he just doesn't, even God, think about it. God is God, the creator of heaven and earth. When he says something, it is truth immediately. There's a promise. Now, I don't know if you guys know, but there is roughly, roughly, seven and a half thousand promises in the Bible. For who do you think is that promises? For us. There is seven and a half thousand promises for us to bless us in the Scripture, the living Word of God, the promises from the mouth of the Lord for us. You see, this specific promise, this is specific promises where God assures. (laughs) He doesn't think "Mm, maybe, no, no, there's an assurance to bless you. There's an insurance to say, this is my promise, and the word will not return void. It will accomplish whatever I've called it to do. You see, when you look through life, look at life through the lens of your problems, you're going to fail day in and day out. But if you look at life Through the proclamation of promises in our lives, you will be victorious spirit, soul, and body. We just need to proclaim it. When SARS come and take 100,000 rand out of your account, what do you do? Oh my goodness, we're in trouble. No, Lord, I proclaim that all finances in this world belongs to you. That Thank you that I can sow 100,000 rand to SARS and I can thank you that you're still good to me. You see, that sounds like a proclamation in a man who knows these promises. (laughs) Now, maybe you're sitting here this morning. Let's just be honest. Come on, we're just human. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and say, Kenny, I love the Lord. I've been saved a long time. I sit in this church. I love people. I love the Word. I mean, I give my tithe. I love others. But why haven't I seen the promises of God in my life? That's such a good question. Guess what? I've, I've asked the same question. <laughs> and while reading through this story about Moses, going through this story, let me explain to you why. You see, when Moses and the Israelites went out of Egypt, fantastic. I mean, I'm fast-forwarding a lot, yeah. Ten plagues, all those amazing things. They came in front of the Red Sea. Egyptians behind them to kill them. Defining moment. Now, either we die... Oh God, you do a miracle! How many of you have been in that place? <laughs> Lord, I'm busy dying here. Um, I'm standing in front of a sea. I can't get out. I mean, now's the time for a miracle, Lord. So God opened the Red Sea, and as they were going through the sea, it was the first baptism in the Bible. They were going from slavery to freedom through the water. See, when we get baptized, it is a public declaration that my old life, the slavery, the stuff that I had is done. I'm standing up as a new man. Lord, I'm turning over a new page. Here we go. That's what baptism is. First baptism in the Bible. But it was not the last time they would face a body of water. Before they went into the promised land, they came to the River Jordan. Moses just died. Joshua just got the biggest promotion in his life. <laughs> Think about that one. The Lord says, "Just be strong and courageous, my son." Now, I've been running ahead of my notes here, so <laughs> You see when they crossed the Red Sea, it was like a physical water baptism, going from slave to free man. When they come in front of the River Jordan, the crossing of the River Jordan was a sign of a prophetic sign of a fulfilling of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because Jesus spoke about the Holy Spirit as a river in John 7. As the, the tribes, the 12 tribes of Israel went through the river into the promised land, God filled them with the Spirit. There was a filling of the power of God. After they've they've conquered everything, they went into Jerusalem. Two and a half tribes decided, after the twelve tribes decided to move back on the other side of the river. Go and read it. They moved from the promise, out of the promise. I'm just talking prophetically. Think about it. See, when they entered the promised land, they had had crossed the River Jordan, which was a symbol of baptism and power. The second baptism deals with getting filled with the Spirit. Now listen to this. After the nation Israel moved over the river, two and a half tribes moved back. Listen to this. They were not inferior or powerless. But they settled for less than the promise. (laughs) I mean, if God take you through the desert for 40 years to get to the, to the promised land, and the only thing that divides you from the promised land is to go through the river. And when you're in your promised land, you go back on the other side of the river. You see, some of us are filled in the spirit. We believe God. We stand in faith. We give our tithe. We do things. But we settle less. We settle for less than the fire and the glory of God. See, we see a burning bush. It's like, I'd rather not go there. Maybe I should love this. Maybe for the guys in front there. It's not for me. Maybe I'm just going to look at it. Come on, let's be real. I've been here. I <laughs> See, I don't want to settle for less anymore. I want to run for that fire. I want to run for the defining moment of, the, of God and say, Lord, here I am. Just come speak to me, Lord. And the Lord will say, Henny, I've got something for you, but it's not going to be easy. I said, Lord, I know. It's okay. Just bring it because I know now I'm going to grow into a place where you want me to be. Some of you are sitting here this morning and said, Lord, please come and build my character, Lord. Just help me grow in the spirit. I said, the Lord said, it's not going to be easy. It's like, okay, Lord, just give me an easy one first. Just, just an easy one. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. I mean, Sean, Sean preached, uh, was it last week? Spoke about Mary, Virgin Mary. Got... <laughs> Lord, wasn't there an easier one because my culture will crucify me? Nope. So there's some of us facing stuff in our lives. I say, like, Lord, why me? Yes, you. Because there's a deposit of diamonds, of hidden treasures in you. And God needs to take it out. He needs to take something out of your life. And make something incredible with it. But you need to be willing to face the challenges, the problems. And not look at the problems, but look at the promises. The promise can be, stay behind me. It's always going to be there. I don't know you about you, but I'm not going to miss that promise in 2019. I'm not. See, 2019 will be a year where God starts bringing the promises into completion. Maybe you feel like, Lord, but I don't have promises. Guess what? There is seven and a half thousand promises for you in a Word. There's specific promises that some of you re- received here this morning through prophetic Word. See, God is infinite. I'm not going to get stuck by seven and a half thousand promises. No, man, there is millions of promises in the heart of God for me, for you, for everyone out there. They don't even know it yet. Man, I'm going to run into every encounter. And if you see me standing still, just kick me to, to run. Because I want to I wanna be there when God shows up in that defining moment. And I promise you, there's going to be defining moments in this church. There's going to be defining moments in this movement. There's hidden treasures in this church that you haven't seen yet. Maybe I should just throw this in here. This morning in worship, God showed me that there will be a unique sound that will come from this house. There will be a unique sound that will come from this, this worship set on this stage. CDs will not be an issue, but the word that will go out and touch people's lives will be. You will see worship leaders running here to, re- to experience God's presence, not just to stand on stage. Let's go to the last verse, verse (laughs) 5. I love this. (laughs) In view of all this, thinking about the power that you've given, that's deposited in you, the treasure, the promises that was ignited by the power of God so that you you will be in partnership with the divine nature of Him. In view of all this, make every effort... Make every effort to respond to this of God's promises. <laughs> what is your response? You see, God can bless you, He can lay things out in front of you. What is your response? Will it be like Gideon? Come on, you I may mean, not preach about this, but you man of fearless courage. Yeah, but the Lord is just so wrazy, man. I'm like, what is your response? If it doesn't make sense, just say, Yes, I take it. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> then think about it later on. But we need to make an effort to respond to God's goodness in this time and this day. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna close very quickly. You see, the promises will not be personally delivered to you. God's promises will not take a lot, it is not. There is a lot. But it's not going to be delivered to you. You see, it's going to take intentional effort for you to respond to the promises and start seeing it. God's going to speak to you, and then by your level of faith, you're going to react. So where's your faith? I'm going to get to it now, but 19, the numeric value of 19 is faith. And divine completion. I don't want to run ahead of myself. But listen to this. If we look at David. So Lord, how do I respond to this? How do I respond to this amazing word? Lord, to your promises. To to the deposit inside. How do I respond to this? If you look at David's life. David was anointed as king. And we all think, wow, he's just been anointed now. Okay, just come over here. Your throne is ready, old sire, king. No man. It took 15 years after he's been anointed as king before he rose into the throne. What happened in between? He was serving. Thank you, Dave, for setting me up for that one. He was serving. Do you want a defining moment with God? Maybe you're facing a Goliath at the moment and you need to chop that thing's head off. Guess what? It comes by serving. You want to get your promise in life? You want to see, Lord, I want to see everything you have for me. Maybe you start serving. And you start seeing. What did Moses do? He just didn't go for a stroll in the desert. Oh, it's a nice day. I mean, no, he was serving his father-in-law by tending sheep. Very lonely job. As he was serving, he ran into God. As David was serving his brothers, taking cheese and bread, He walked onto his uh, Goliath, had his defining moment. His ministry started right there. As he was serving, there's people of you, there's some of us sitting here, even me included, that sitting here, you trust in God for your promise, but you're not willing to serve. I am very passionate about this. Because through the last 15, 20 years of ministry, I've seen men with great visions for ministry, but they're not willing to serve. To look at a pastor, a leader, a Christian with a true passion for God, he's serving. If you go to heaven right now, and you run to the throne to see if Jesus is at the right hand, you would not find him there. Why? Because he's serving. You see, if you want to, if you want to realize who you are, you want to find that rich deposit in your life, you want to find the promises of God in your life, Start serving. That's why we have church. That's why we have church family, where we can bless each other. You see, if I walk into a church and I see the same guy behind the sound desk for the last eight weeks, that means that people are not serving. I'm sorry if I'm I'm, I'm stepping on toes here this morning. But see, we need to carry each other. The Israelites were in a massive battle Moses was standing on top of a hill with his hands in the air. And as, as his hands were in the air, they were winning the battle. I mean, try to put your hands in the air for more than five minutes. I mean, it's hectic. I, I don't care how big your biceps are. <laughs> the bigger the biceps, the heavier the arm. Come on. That's why we need people around us to pick up, pick up our arms. If you see your pastor doing more than you doing, we have a problem. Uh, I'm sorry if I'm I just, I just really feel a sense that I need to encourage you this morning. Don't let people outserve you. Maybe just try to outserve them. And since we've been here, we haven't been here long, and it's been such a tremendous blessing that I haven't seen more intentional leaders than in any church in the last 15 years, to serve and to be a blessing to you. If you want to find your promise, go and sign up somewhere. Sign up. How do you sign up? You see Sean running around. You see, Anthony. you see people running around saying, what are you doing? Okay, can I do that? Teach me. Teach me. That's how we're going to find our promises. I like Bible numerics. Now, some people say, oh, it's astrology. And it's like, nah. you know, God is such a creative and amazing God. He used numbers in the Bible to show prophetic things. I was looking through scriptures and I was browsing the internet very scarcely because there's weird stuff on the internet of what people sense are for 2019. And I was doing that, God reminded me of the, the word that he gave me for 2017 and 2018. And looking at that, suddenly 2019 made sense. Now 2017 means victory. 17. I love. That's my favorite number. That was my matric number. Writing exam. I was number 17. I was like, thank you, Lord. Victory. I mean, I love. And I thought beginning of 2017, woohoo, Lord, year of victory. Here we go. Man, I saw some victory. <laughs> well, not a lot. Then coming 2018, 18 means. Well, the different stuff, but I, God spoke to me. Eight means new beginnings and breakthrough. Ten means double grace. So I really believe that 2018 was a year of double grace for new beginnings. But guess what? Man, I came out of 2018 with a bloody nose. I mean, I was fighting. How many of you felt like that? It's like, man, I was clapping this year. And it, this thing just, I mean, there's a couple of left hooks that came through. I was like, I'm still trying to. I'm, but I'm on my feet. I saw new things happening. I saw some breakthrough. Sometimes I said, Lord, where's the breakthrough? And the Lord said to me, there cannot be any breakthrough without a challenge. If you're looking for your breakthrough, start looking at the challenges. Start allowing the challenges to shape you. So, they do see some breakthrough. So, I say, Okay, Lord, you are a true God. You do amazing things. If you say victory, there needs to be complete victory. I haven't seen that. If you say breakthrough and double, double grace for breakthrough, I don't want really to see 20% of breakthrough. I want to see 120% of breakthrough. But see, sometimes God announces something. <laughs> Are you seeing where I'm going? He announced so that to prepare your hearts and your walk, and while you speak, I'm announcing victory. Let's go through. I'm announcing now, I'm announcing double grace for new beginnings. There's breakthrough coming, but Lord, I'm, I'm getting Lord, Lord. Can't you see the enemy? It's like I'm announcing, I'm announcing. Lord, I'm fighting, I'm tired. How many of you felt tired after this year? Come on, let's be honest. I mean, I fought, I mean, if I had a sword, that thing. And I said, Lord, why? And he took me to a scripture that I love. I preached numerous sermons on this. 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles 20 is one of my, and I'm finishing with this. 2 Chronicles 20, verse 15 to 17, speaks about King Joseph. But before you read there, let me just give you a quick backdrop. King Joseph was one of the righteous kings left in the, in, in the whole Judah, ruling Jerusalem. And the kings around him didn't like it. They didn't like King Joseph. because he was righteous. And one day, somebody came and King Josaphat realized, long story short, four of the mightiest kings in the surrounding areas are pulling up to defeat him. The biggest army that he's ever seen are pulling up. They're coming, they're defeating you tomorrow. What does Joseph do? He falls to the ground, gets a whole nation together and said, Now we pray. Because I can do nothing. Not the best warrior, not the best. We are praying. And while they were praying, a young man stood up. Not a prophet, a young man with a gift. Of prophecy stood up and he said the following. Listen to this. He said, "Listen, all you people of Judah, Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says: Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours; it is God's." <laughs> Woo-hoo! Now, listen. We are cheering. This is amazing. I, I mean, if you had a great battle before in your life, and God, God comes and said, "Henny, don't worry, man." This battle is not yours. It's mine. Check me. I mean, I get my pocket chips and my Coke. And I sit up with you and I clap.' I don't have to fight? Yes. Listen to the next verse. It says, tomorrow, march out against them. <laughs> march out. I say, like, no, 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 wait, Lord, wait. Whoa. You just said you're fighting the battle. No, 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 strap on your belt, put on that armor, strap on that sword, put that helmet on. Tomorrow you are marching to the battlefield, tomorrow. Listen, tomorrow march out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent of this, at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Zeruel. But you will not even need to fight. Take your position. This is our prophetic moment for 2019. Take your position. Then listen listen to what it says. Um, Go one on. There we go. Take your positions. Then do what? Stand. Stand. Don't go and lie and sulk. Don't go and cry. Yes, I know you feel like that. But stand and watch. I want to declare that 2019 means divine completion, faith. That whatever God has announced two years ago, 2017, victory you will have. Double grace for breakthrough. I am completing this in 2019. You will stand and watch, but you will be on a battlefield. You're not going to eat your slab chips and coke on a pavilion. No, no, man. You're going to strap on that armor, that belt, and you're going to stand and watch the enemy in the face and say, bring it. Bring it. My God's going to whoop you. He's going <laughs> to. I'm so tired of fearful, fighting the enemy. Being fearful and fighting the enemy. And I'm not saying it's not that easy. But see, I'm going to take my sword, which is the word and the promise. I'm going to stand in that battlefield and wave it into the enemy's, under the enemy's nose and say, my God's promises in my life is greater than your problems. Yeah. Greater than your problems. <laughs> I will not be defeated today because my God spoke and he has promised Take your problems and park my brew. You see, and listen to this. God said to Jehoshaphat, stop fighting. Stop fighting and start resting. Come on, this is this has been a word since, since the News were here are we taking our position in rest I'm resting Lord but listen I've got my sword I'm standing in the lines with the king of kings he already defeated the enemy I'm just here to witness it see the Lord is assuring us he's promising us that we don't have to fight anymore we do rest and see our victory We rest and see double grace for breakthrough. And then we rest to to see a divine completion of the promises that God has already given you. Three things. And I recap. There's power within you. There's a hidden treasure. If you don't feel this promise, you need to come up here this morning. We're going to pray for you so that God release that promise in your life. Number two, promises. Number three, how are you going to respond Are you going to sit back or are you going to serve? I'm not talking about church yet; It's just church. Are you serving your neighbor? Are you serving in your family? Are you serving at your home? Are you serving your wife, your kids? Are you serving your colleagues at work? How are you serving? And it will break through to your promise. Stand with me. I want to pray for us. I want to release something here this morning. Sorry for being a bit long. But I hope you... You caught something this morning. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still chewing this. <laughs> Can we do a prophetic thing? Would you just put your hands in the air? As we're going into a new year tomorrow, are we going to have some fun? We're going to jive and sing and praise and encounter Him. <sighs> Say what, just one hand in the air, other hand in your heart. Lord God, I want to release something this morning in our hearts. I want to release the promises of God on your life. There's some of you standing here that you've been looking at the promise for way too long and not experiencing it. The time is now for divine completion Lord, I, I release that promise in their lives. I release that promise in their lives. Lord, I call new promises up forth. That lying enemy that says you're not good enough, you're too depressed, you're too sinful, I cancel that word and so I release the promises of God in their lives. When Dave stood here last week and, and rained the water over you, that was the start of the releasing of the promise. That was the start of the releasing of the rain. That was the start of the releasing of the hidden treasure in your life. Lord, we will not settle for less than more than enough. We are called for more than enough. Now I want you, just where you're at, Start calling that true promise that God has birthed in your heart a long time ago. Start calling it now. Go for it. Go for it. Call that promise. Whisper it if you have to. Come on. Come on. Thank you, Lord, for releasing it now. In Jesus' name, we will not be depressed. We will not be cast down. We will not be insecure. We will not be discouraged. We will be encouraged in our promises. I need to give something thank you Lord thank you Lord Gary (laughs) it's you again brother. you and your wife when I preached here the first time Gary gave me a ring (laughs) and I've been carrying that ring with me And it's been a very precious gift. But I'm going to give it back this morning. (laughs) Because God says so. And He says, Whatever you've given, and you've given a lot, I'm giving back to you today. To you both, because you bought this ring to Him. And this will be a token that I will give back. Whatever you've lost, whatever you've sown. And may this be a public declaration of a prophetic word in your life. Every time you wear this ring, that God has not done with you. And He will give you more and more and more. Just And may this not just be a prophetic word for them, but for all of you. Some of you here this morning has given things that was very tough in your life. You've sown precious seeds in your life. Now is the time to see the harvest coming in. Now is the time. Now is the time. Thank you, Lord. I'll pray for you now. I want to invite you. I'm going to give to Sean.